This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm glad there's one ears in the room that can count up to 234. Melly. Two hundred thirty-four of Twenty Minute Tim's the flagship podcast, and I am joined by Melly, yes, sir, and Stephen. I am indeed, and I'm your host, Jamie. And this episode of Twenty Minute Tim's is brought to you by our Patreon. Over on Patreon, we have full fan coverage of every Celtic game, but we also bring you hours and hours of great features looking into the history of the club as well as tactical analysis and scouting. Um, we started our Patreon because we wanted to become full-time fan media. And if you want to help us and support us in that and get some extra content to boot, you can check out patreon.com slash 20minutetims. Jamie, listen out there. Don't come crying to me about Chris Commons if you're not supporting fan media. Don't don't even start. You know how to fix oh, this. Support yeah, fan media is the important message here. Don't come crying to me about how Chris Commons still exists. You know how uh, to fix this. We we will get to Chris Commons, the oily little piglet <laughs> in a dunce hat, eventually. <laughs> um, but listen, this weekend we managed to salvage a draw against Hibs, but that has saw us drop points of four league games already this season. The same amount as we dropped, Stephen, in the entirety of last season. Albeit that was a wee bit curtailed. Still could be off maybe Brendan Rodgers' 18-19 campaign, which was a pretty terrible one. But there's no doubt that there's genuine cause for concerns. Mel, I know you did a bit of homework previously. How bad is this league start compared to others recently? Well, it is quite, it's bad in terms of performances, but in terms of numbers, as you said, Brendan Rodgers, he had drew two and lost two of his 13 games. So that's not too bad compared to that. A man who also had a worse start than this, a very worse start than this, was Neil Lennon in his first iteration as Celtic manager and his first 13 games in the 2012-13 season, won only six drew four and lost three. So that is the worst start we have had for Celtic in my lifetime. We have Tony Mowbray has done better than that. Ronnie Dyla has done better than that. Those two were both worse than currently, but Neil Lennon holds a record for having the worst start to a season for Celtic. Steve, Stephen, what a tremendous thing to be Celtic podcasters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a joy. It's a joy here. I've got absolutely nothing left to say on these these subjects, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I'm exhausted talking about this. I feel like I spewed everything out on our reaction podcast after the Hibs game. And uh, I've got, in the words of Ian Beale, the, the EastEnders legend, I've got nothing left. Uh, it's not great. The, the thing is, see on the bare numbers of these things, Yes, you can compare it to other seasons and say it's not as bad as this. Uh, it's not. It's, it's slightly better than the other, but it doesn't really matter because what 
this season has is uh, Rangers absolutely streaking away from Celtic at the moment. Is there's not really that's the context we have to view these numbers in. It's not just that well this season where we have won the league anyway there was a worse start. It's kind of futile trying to draw any kind of comparisons to previous seasons because what we're faced with here is fallen well behind in a title race already and we're barely, we're not even into December yet. In fact, you know what? We've been doing this podcast a long time now and I've never once asked to do this, but would you guys be all right if I just sat one out? I'll be here for moral support. I'll sit here and maybe make the odd encouraging, interested noise like, hmm, or whatever, but I, I've got nothing... <laughs> Nothing to contribute to it in any meaningful in any meaningful way. So, do you guys be all right with that? Okay, I don't want to call, I'm going to go all Neil Lennon here and publicly call you out for being unprofessional, like, like he did last week. But <laughs> no, what 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 I really think this podcast needs, mate, is a culture change. Oh, and, uh, yes. Speaking of culture yes. changes, is it's been three weeks, believe it or not, since Celtic were humiliated by Sparta reserves, and Neil Lennon asked for a culture change yesterday against Hibs. He says, "I don't know if we've lost a bit of hunger, but we need to get it back quickly." He called the players unprofessional, called them lazy. He th- basically threw them under the bus yet again. Something that, if you remember, we used to have a great laugh about Steven Gerrard doing his Ranger yeah. team. Um, so it doesn't look like this culture change has arrived, does it, Melly? It does not. Unfortunately, he said Celtic were lazy. He said the players were lazy. He said they need to change their mindset. But he also said in the same interview that they, was, they had a good attitude. I don't know what he's talking about anymore. I'll he's tell you what he's doing, Melly. It's hashtag just saying stuff. It is. It's a phrase we <laughs> it used to love. Is. We used to love hashtag just saying stuff. We used to love attributing that to commentators like Chris Commons, Chris Boyd, Tom English, all these guys. But Stephen, that chicken has come home to roost now at Celtic Park. Oh, yeah. And uh, now we're, we're turned the guns. chicken. Yeah, we've turned the hashtag just saying stuff guns onto your own manager now, haven't we? Yeah, it's, it's something we've been talking about for several weeks now. It literally is just saying stuff. It's just words that come out after a game. And it's what I said uh, after a recent game was that the problem that Neil Lennon is now in or one of many problems is that we are we are actually paying attention to what he's saying. We are looking to the manager for reassurance, and then when he's hitting out with this unmitigated pish after games, it does nothing to restore any confidence in him whatsoever. Like to, to come out and call the players lazy and all that, what's that based on? I know the defending is poor, and you know we could be doing better in these games, but it can't just be that the the, the players can't be bothered. How do we fix that? How do we I fix mean, that? Even... If the players just can't be bothered winning a game at Easter Road, then we're in serious trouble. And if you're saying that we've lost, we've lost the hunger. I need to get it back into them. That's well, that's your job, isn't it? How do you do that? How do you do that? Do you bring in a psychologist? Look, I'm spinning already on this. Just we're we're trying to make sense. See, of, see when, when you Lennon's just look quotes. at it, though. See when you just look at it. It's why is he publicly criticising the players anyway? Why is he doing that? Why no, no. why is he no keeping all this indoors? You know, it's it seems to me like. I'd hate to think, see, when I'm doing this podcast, as stupid as it sounds, I like to think, hearing this in the podcast, I would be quite happy to say to whoever I'm saying it to his face. So if I ever, Neil Lennon says, you're that wee yeah. dick that does that 20 Minute Tim's podcast, you've been saying X, Y, and Z about me, right? But it's now starting to seem like Neil Lennon's just trying to save his own skin here. Because yeah. every week, every week, Melly, it's the players are this, the players are that. And he's, these interviews, again this week, he said, I don't know if we give the players too much information or too little. Oh. See if you're, See if you're doing your job, right? What is the one thing a gaffer doesn't want to hear for you? I don't know. We'll fucking find out. Sorry for swearing. We try not to swear this podcast, but that really angered me. Why yeah. don't you know, 18 months into the job, how much information to give these players? It's 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 mental to me. Absolutely mental that the Celtic manager's coming out with this stuff now. And 
people don't think there's a lot of goodwill for Neil Lennon. I'm telling you right now there is, because if that was anybody else, Sutton, the press, every journalist in the country, if that was Ronnie Dyla getting these performances and saying the things he was saying, the Wolves would be at the door, Melly. Yeah, and I think Celtic, Neil Lennon's talked about struggling with the fans not being there as well. See if the fans were there, he wouldn't be in a job oh, right now. He would no, not no. be in a job because... It, well, the Celtic Twitter account hasn't even tweeted the day because they're afraid of they're afraid of tweets. The Celtic <laughs> Twitter account is afraid of tweets because every time they tweet something, somebody replies to them as Neil Lennon sacked you or we get a new manager or announce departure. So not not only would the fans in the stadium not keep Lennon in a job, the club have decided that let's not tweet because we'll get angry words on the internet directed at us. And it's pathetic. The silence is deafening from the club. But as you were talking about Lennon that interview. Like, it's just all contradicting himself coming out with these, maybe it's too much, maybe it's too little information, but my problem, big problem, well, there's a lot of problems with what he said, but the biggest problem is he's calling the players they, and it's all they, the players have to do this. Yeah, he's not yeah. taking any responsibility for himself, and he's not saying words like we, or we need to fix this or that. It's all they, 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 their mindset, their attitude, they're lazy. Yeah, I know He's the manager, real. he's the man that puts them on the pitch. If he should be the one that says, I'm giving them too much information or I'm not giving them enough information because it doesn't look like they know what they're doing out there. And that's down to him. This is his team. Free transfer windows down, 18 months into the job. This is all him. Careful what you wish for, though, with Celtic's Twitter silence because we know in our luck we might emerge from the studio into a brave new world in which we have a redundant podcast and Neil <laughs> Lennon has been sacked. Oh, where we've been oh, recording because that would be time. so typical. Uh, not, not for the first time. But yeah. see, I think the most worrying thing is for us as fans and for Neil Lennon as well, he has been on, he has been ruthless with these players publicly for a long time now, since before Sparta. You know, he has been yeah, publicly. Yeah. Ruthless, it's the same messaging coming out of Neil Lennon and there's absolutely no response for the players. There's been no... After Sparta, Motherwell was okay, but it was more of the same crap against Hibs at the weekend. There's no. Yeah. There's been no bounce. None. No, the, the opposite. They're getting worse. The, the, What's the, the opposite of a worse. bounce? A flop? <laughs> uh, a, yeah, just a splat. A belly a fly. splash. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, no, they're getting worse. They're, they're getting worse. The, the way they play, the, the disjointed manner of these performances is getting worse because... You'd, I mean, we could write what we've been talking about in various group chats over the over the weekends or since the the Hibs game. Some of the stuff that's going on in a Celtic performance is just it's total chaos, and we'll get into all, all these details. But the idea that Lennon continually play, throwing players under the bus, and do you know what? I, I wish we could go back to a time where that phrase didn't exist. Remember, nobody really get thrown under buses, and then all of a sudden, no. everybody was under the bus. <laughs> that's been happening every week basically this season but the idea that this is going to fix things to just constantly have a go at the players not only questioning their ability but questioning their character questioning their, them personally professionalism, like professionalism yeah. they're, they're all lazy they don't want to be here etc you could go back weeks and months now and count up the various charges that Neil Lennon has levelled against these players Crazy. whether yeah. some of them are true or, or not I'm completely unsure. I don't know if many of them are true. I'm sure some are. But what good does it do to constantly do this in public? Because no. it doesn't help him to think that he's shining a light on these cockroaches and they're all scurrying about. It's not really true. I'm looking at him and saying, well, you're causing this. You're causing this by constantly having a go at the players. It doesn't show the management or the coaching in good light to have a series of, as I say, disjointed and uninterested and lazy footballers that uh, it doesn't show anyone a good light never mind the management I don't want people to think we're 
making a big joke of this because it's sort of like when you're you're getting in trouble and you're trying not to laugh. Like, I'm so angry with Celtic <laughs> now that yeah, I know I, I can't get angry anymore. I just sort of you laugh make a good and don't point. know what to do anymore because you're making a I've good tried point. Like, to be angry and it's not doing anything anymore. We're, we're angry every week on this podcast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and what usually happens is when it came to Ronnie Dyla, it reached fever pitch, didn't it, Stephen? Like the, the the bad results came, the bad performances came, it came and it came, and then it was obvious that he had to go. It this was obvious. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I suppose that's the question I'm going to ask here is, does Neil Lennon look like a man under pressure? Is it getting to the point? Because for me, you know, we can all have our personal opinions on whether or not he needs to be the manager any longer. And we've all said in this podcast that there needs to be a change. But I think there comes a point where, out with fan opinion, there undeniably becomes a point where Neil Lennon, it's untenable for him to be the Celtic manager. Any longer. Uh, I see what you did there. Untenable. Like right? I, I, um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think we're I think we're getting into that territory. I think we're one uh, put it this way, I think if Neil Lennon doesn't matter if it's my opinion or Andy's opinion, I think if Neil Lennon drops points in one domestic game again, he'll he 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 cannot keep that job. He no, just can't keep that wrong. job. You're wrong. It, no. That's but that was the game. Hibbs was the game that he couldn't drop points in. We said it the last time. We no, cannot I'm not talking drop about points. for us. Well, no, no, what I'm saying is He's dropped points in the Hibs game, right? It's passed. It's highly unlikely he's going to get sacked, right? And everyone's just getting angry and more pissed off. And we're reaching that pinnacle of a moment, Stephen, where surely it looks as if he's going to survive Hibs. But if he does that again, he, he, there's just no excuse. He, he cannot do it. No. He cannot survive there's any even, more than that. Even fewer excuses than the zero we're giving them from last week yeah. as well. I know we, we've, we've been saying this for ages, no excuses, and we continue to get nothing but excuses. On your question there about whether Neil Lennon looks like a man who's feeling pressure. To be honest, no, not really. He, he just thinks it's, he seems to think it's fine to just come out and say, well, the players need to look at this, the players, I can't defend the players' performances. It depends what Neil Lennon is paying attention to because, yeah, we, I mean, we, we shouldn't really take too many of our cues from you know, social media and forums and things like that. But the truth is, that's all we've got to go on just now because, as we've already discussed, nobody's in the stadium voicing their enormous displeasure that they would get just now. It would be a totally different story if people were at the grounds. There are really only two things that Neil Lennon can pay attention to. He could log on and have a look at what people are saying online, or he could he just could go to his bosses. But he could just go up to his gaffers, just chap on uh, Peter Lowell's gold-plated door and say, how am I doing, boss? Door. And Peter Lowell will be like, Brilliant mate, absolutely brilliant, you're a legend No, I see no justification to sack you And he just comes back out and says that to the media I don't see any justification to sack me So it depends what he's paying attention to If all he's getting from the top is Everything's fine, everything's fine We're still within, still within touch and distance We're 11 points behind But we've got three derbies to play We've got two games in hand Just keep you plugging away Keep calling the guy's lazy. They'll eventually get the message and really, really buck up their ideas, Sonny. So, no, to me, he doesn't really feel like a guy that's that's under pressure. Um, he, he certainly doesn't seem to be acting like it. He's, he's basically... he's dis I don't expect people to come out and say, well, I'm one result away from the sack. People don't really say that, but they do acknowledge when they're, when they're under pressure of their job and he doesn't seem to be doing it. Well, he came out after the game and said... The first question was asked, how do you find that game? And he said, entertaining... Mental. Watching a different game for me, but it's got to the point for me now. We can it goes without saying Neil Lennon will be a Celtic legend. Do that. Look, Billy McNeil was sacked by Celtic, and he came back. It's fine. Tommy Burns. Yeah. These these things happen, 
But Neil Lennon's at the point now where it's no longer Neil Lennon's fault for me. It's the board for keeping him in. They have went from giving him everything he wanted in the summer. He came out and said it. Brilliant window. He's went out of the Champions League. He's lost to Rangers. Every single big game we have went into this season, whether it's in Europe, the three games in Europa or the Champions League qualifier, he hasn't won any of them. Three big games domestically and Rangers, Aberdeen away and Hibs away. He's not won any of them either. He's coming out now and saying all this stuff. It's now on the board to take him out of this position because he's done his bit and it's not good enough. They've done their bit up to now and now it looks to me as if you have to take him out because it's going to turn from being Lennon's fault to their fault when they've got a wee bit of leeway with the fans right now and that is going to turn. I think it's turned as well. And that's the thing. Once you take it out of Neil Lennon's hands, it starts becoming a board problem. And I, I remember when Neil Lennon got appointed the manager on the showers at Hamden. And <laughs> so it, ridiculous. And, every I know, time you say mental, it. <laughs> I know. It's, and, and what happens is, w- what we said in the podcast at the time was, right, okay, Peter Law, what you've done is you've broken away from all norms here. All norms of appoint, football appointments and managerial appointments and, and, and head hunting and recruitment. All those norms have been thrown in the bin because you ha- you want to mo- do this, right? So, what we're doing is, once we sack Neil Lennon, or if we sack Neil Lennon, we're then taking the problem out of his hands and putting it into the person that created the problem in the first place. Yeah. It's, mm. it, it's it's crazy, and Melly, you're talking about you know your legacy and Neil Lennon's legacy and, and stuff like that, and I do worry a bit about that, because it is... Okay, Billy McNeil got sacked, and Tommy Burns got sacked, and all these sorts of things, but that, that was a long time ago. That was before social media, and these things seem to hang about a bit longer, and you know, there's a lot of vitriol out there towards Neil Lennon that I'm not really... I can understand why people are angry and why people are pissed off. I'm, I don't personally get involved in it. You know, this stuff like, is he sacked Jeff? F and sack him, get him to take F at the club and all this carry on. I don't really get involved in all that. It's not personally how I feel. Yeah, people, people are entitled See? to their opinion, only if it's good. Yeah, well, it's it's more personal than anything else. Stephen's already had a wee pop already, but see if you're going to say stuff about Neil Lennon about wanting him sacked and all that, can you just not call him a ginger prick right now? Because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Are you talking about me personally? No, just the, just the listeners, MD. If you're going to insult okay. me, just leave, just leave the G word out. Okay, so if you're going to insult Neil Giant Lennon... Giant ginger chicken is not an insult. Come on, Melly, that's, that's, that was affectionate. Keep it personal, but don't insult the colour of his hair. Um, but like these things hang about for a long time now, and, and hmm. <laughs> see if you want to look at the bigger picture here. And there will be a post mortem, whatever happens, and we'll eventually do it. But you look at the bigger picture. There's no excuse for Celtic losing this league. None, the, zero excuses. The the financial clout that we've got, the players we've got, the the fact that Rangers created a football team out of hee haw a handful of years ago. They hired a rookie manager. They don't have the budget. They we there's there's literally no no excuse for Rangers losing this. So if, if Celtic lose this league. This will be the sorest one in a long, long time because we had it sewn up and it'll, everyone who loses the 10 is going to be in the firing line and Neil Lennon is going to be part of that. And that is a bigger failure as far as I'm concerned and as far as I expect so many fans are concerned. That's a bigger failure than Tommy Burns not succeeding as a manager or Billy Neal not succeeding as a manager. This is That's huge. And I do think Neil Lennon's legacy, the more they put, the more the board persists with this and put him through it, the more yeah. that he's yeah. he, he's he's running risk of of really really damaging his legacy, and it's a terrible thing to say because he's given a lot to the club and he's done well by the club. The club's done well by him. Obviously, these relationships are symbiotic. But Neil Lennon is a Celtic legend, but it's it's starting to get a bit ugly now. It's got to the point now where I'll, 
I literally don't know MD that wants the manager to be there. There'll be one or two out there, obviously. There'll be, but 99% of Celtic fans don't want him there. So even if Neil Lennon does go on a decent run now, the first game he loses, this is just going to happen again. I don't know how you can turn from having so many fans wanting you out to we're still sitting here saying he's a, a legend. People will be saying, no, if he loses this, he won't be. And that's their opinion. But it's at the point now where who, how can you turn the majority of fans, the vast majority, you, there's no way you're going to turn them back round. Ronnie Dyla never done it, but this was, Ronnie Dyla was here years ago when it was nowhere near the 10. And he's managed to turn it around to, oh, maybe he's a nice guy. But losing the 10, as Jamie said, is going to be so imperative to the history of this club. And now, Neil Lennon, I just don't know how he turns it around to all the fans because I can't see it turning. And I, I don't know how he turns it around with the fans. I don't know how he turns it around on the pitch because he seems to be running out of ideas. And the problem I've got here is, Stephen, it's the same errors time and time again. And we can pick any area of the pitch you want, but we might as well start the defence because it was the story of the Hibs match. Basic defending errors have cost us all season. All season, these basic defensive errors have cost us. We're shipped a criminal amount of goals. Um, and I, I, when I look at Frimpong now, I'm reminded of uh, Neil Lennon's famous comments about Samaras. Remember, he says he's the kind of player that could get me the sack. Do you remember Neil Lennon said that yeah, about Samaras? That's right. And, and I think we're in the same territory with Frimpong at the moment. It's obvious to everybody that this Frimpong thing isn't working in the now. But we're persisting with it. And we're persisting with it. And it's costing us goal week after week. Crosses into the box are causing us problems. We didn't concede any goals from crosses into the box against Hibs, but that's where the penalty came from. The defence is an absolute... came from as well. Just a punted ball. It's an absolute mess. Frimpong's not playing well. Um, there, there are a number of factors that could lead to Neil Lennon getting sacked. Frimpong is another symptom of it, but the, the, the guy should be sacked anyway. I, I, I think that's probably the first time I've come out and actually said that sentence. He should be gone. He should be gone. And I could see um, the pressure before, on you there when you were trying to say, you were saying yeah. that. So. The, the thing is, right? I'll, I'll I'll come back to the Frimpong thing, but just to go back to what we're saying because it's just it's come up again. I don't know what Celtic are hoping for out of this now. This kind of this silence and hoping everyone just sort of forgets about it and hoping we can keep the heat down until we get to Ross County and Gublum and hopefully you know everybody will be like, oh, he's he's brilliant. He knows what it takes and all that. I'm sorry, but a lot of us are too far gone for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of Celtic fans are far too far gone for that. And where I have an issue is with the Celtic board. If that is the plan, if it's just simply to keep the heat down and hopefully things bounce back, that is edging ever so slightly close to treating us like idiots, treating the, the yeah, fan base yeah. as a whole as idiots. And, and that is where I will that is where I will draw the line. We, we take a lot from Celtic and we put a lot in. We, I don't really, I kind of don't want to wheel out all the old cliches about how we've all paid the season ticket monies and all that. We've, we've backed the club to the hilt. But don't treat us like idiots. If Neil Lennon is to be, is to be sacked or is to stay in, they're, they're probably going to have to say something now because you can't just keep the heat down. You can't just ignore us all and just hope that a, a result springs out of nowhere because that's just that's worse than anything is just that complete inaction and just burying your head in the sand. But on the number of things that could get Neil Lennon in the sack, including Frimpong and various personal um, individual performances, I don't know what's going on with, with Jeremy Frimpong. He's not playing in any way like the player that we thought we were getting. This time last year, he looked like one of the hottest prospects going. He looked like he had mm-hmm. all the potential in the world. But is he, much like we've been talking about for weeks now, is he now being coached backwards? Is he, is he now just hit has he been a coached? plateau? 
what exactly I could have just cut that sentence off (laughs) (laughs) is he being coached let me let's ask so let's talk about Jeremy Frimpong Frimpong generally speaking let's talk about him in the goals because it gives us an opportunity to talk about the goals as well so Jeremy Frimpong has been sent up and down the pitch and he's leaving big gaps behind him and those gaps are obviously being left on purpose because I don't think for a minute Jeremy Frimpong doesn't know that he should look behind him. So I think, much like other players that we'll talk about, he's given the instruction. I think this way of attacking is baked into Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon, at this moment in time, with his attacking fullbacks, is the captain of the Titanic. And the goals are busting through the water and Neil Lennon's got the salute up <laughs> as the ship goes down, as the waves Scott are crashing Brown's in. Scott playing the violin. I know, and, and people at him, look, just get on this life raft, just change your formation. He's like, no, I will go down with this sinking ship. And that's kind of how I feel about... <laughs> about the fullbacks because there's no way Frimpong is just completely unaware of how to how to defend at times or if he is even if he is right unaware of how to defend he shouldn't be in that position anyway because the manager keeps picking him that, that's but, the but problem on, isn't it if, if Frimpong's ignoring Neil Lennon's instructions and going forward Neil Lennon wouldn't play him but exactly. the same things keep happening so Neil Lennon's obviously instructing him to go forward but do nothing about it do nothing to negate the fact that there's gaps in there and playing near beat on there as well it's it's absolutely it's because mental. I think Neil Lennon thinks send the fullbacks up we've got better players send the fullbacks up get them up swashbuckle attack 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 I we might get the ball might land in behind us one or two times a game but I've got right good centre halves so they can cover it and blah blah that's probably what Neil Lennon thinks and it's no working it's and not- I think he's just hoping it's going to click but it's but it's it might, but it'll be too late for Neil Lennon. The, the defence is a massive worry for Celtic right now because we are leaking goals and it's not just the defence. Defending starts from the front, obviously. But Celtic started that game with two attacking fullbacks, Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic, Ryan Christie, Moel Yunusi and Ayeti up front. And they didn't create a single chance. Eight attacking players on the pitch and they didn't create a single chance in the first half of note. It took until they were 2-0 down and they got a daft penalty that they, they managed to score. I, it was all pot shots from anywhere. Celtic are going out in these games not defending well, but they're not attacking well either. They look completely devoid of any ideas when they get into the final third. There's no doubt that Jeremy Frimpong was somewhat culpable for the goal by the time it hit the back of the net. But the first goal, from Scott Brown's perspective, Stephen, it's funny, Neil Lennon said, do you know what, immediately when that happened, I was immediately reminded of an, another game not so long ago under Neil Lennon Cluj. where Scott Brown sold the jerseys. Cluj. Neil Lennon right. comes out and goes, That's, you don't expect that for Bernie. He, he'd done it not 12 months ago and flung us out of the Champions yeah. League. Now, I've got to say, Martin Boyle was very clever. Martin Boyle looked over his yeah. shoulder, saw Brown coming, shielded the ball and when he feels Brown at his back, he throws himself on the ground. However, Brown should know better. Brown needs to be in more control of himself. It's a stonewall penalty and Brown didn't even complain. He did complain. Was, that was what's most, most insulting. Did he? Yeah. Did he say, not, oh, strongly, I didn't, I, not strongly. Not strongly. He never put up much of a complaint. He wasn't yeah. raging, but, but Stephen, that for your captain. Was that him maybe trying to get Neil Lennon in the sack? Oh, we push here and then maybe oh it's one that closer to the job. <laughs> maybe that's a conspiracy theory and a half in it. The, the dressing room is now out to get Neil Lennon, <laughs> which I wouldn't be surprised at. Uh, Scott Brown's, but look, the only reason I've been critical of Scott Brown this season, but the only reason I, I've now become tolerant of him in the team because I accept that he, he's not going to be dropped anytime soon. He's come out a, a couple of occasions, he's been subbed off. The only reason I'm kind of willing to put up with a 35 year old charging about chasing shadows in the midfield is because he brings leadership and experience and all that. 
but how does so how does it, that lead to just charging in and jumping on somebody's back to concede exactly. a penalty when you're under no pressure whatsoever? How does how do those two things marry up? Scott the Brown one last has been, thread that has the inclusion was being held by Stephen. Yeah. spot on there. The one last thread of inclusion was leadership and inspiring the team, and then he goes and does that, and that with the snip in that thread. I, th- I feel like it's been quiet about that incident. People aren't happy about it, about him conceding a penalty, but I feel like if Shane Duffy had done that, the, the world would have exploded. Like The world would have stopped turning if Christopher Ayer had con- committed that foul. And Scott Brown has enough you know, capital with the Celtic fans to be given allowances because he's got a long storied history with the club. But the fact is, he's not playing well. D- did they have a half, a good half against Hibs recently? Made a few interceptions against Motherwell, but by and large, he is playing like a thirty-five-year-old midfielder, and th- th- he's the first name in the team sheet. And we're all defending him. I even saw uh, there was a there's a popular Celtic forum where I saw a few comments leading to, and I, I don't mean to do this to to single anyone out, so I'm not mentioning any names. But there were people suggesting you recognise your comment. You mean if you if you're yeah, listening yeah. to this podcast and you recognise your own comment. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to just highlight uh, just some random comment, but I feel like there is still a wave of this out there where people think, oh, but can't we set up so that it, it kind of covers his deficiencies so that he can still bring leadership to the team? And I'm like, well, no, what you do is you don't play a guy that is mostly deficiencies at this stage of his career. That, that's crazy. We're, but see that, just see on the leadership, on sorry to, to yeah. cut in, but just is to back up your point, see if what Scott Brown brings to the team at this point is in any way valuable, Right. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because we're not winning games or not performing well. So don't talk to us about leadership if we're not winning the games anyway, Stephen. I know. I know. It's all just kind of myth and magic at this stage because what has been translated onto the pitch doesn't matter. We're not playing like a team that is being led by Scott Brown. And it's it's not just his fault. I accept that. It's not just his fault because there's poor performances all over the pitch. But the as I said, the only reason that I'm okay with him playing the amount he does is because he's supposed to bring this level of calm assuredness to the team. A, a man among boys who, who's there to kind of keep everybody corralled and heading towards their, their common goal. But he's not doing that anyway. So I, I can't think of any reason it just that justifies him being in the team at the moment because he's he's not playing well at all. I, I've, I've been watching him recently and the, yeah, a good defensive midfielder should be Yes, but he, he should you know sit deep like Scott Brown does. He sits too deep quite often, but it should be a bit more dynamic than this. If he yeah. plays a pass, he should make space. He should move. He should always be on the move to make space to receive the ball again. But what happens with Scott Brown is he just passes it and then swaggers a bit. He just he either stands on the spot or swaggers like five yards forward as if like, I've kind of done my bit. So I, it's very inf- infuriating watching this because I know for a fact he's just going to be the first name in the team sheet in the in the next game and. It, there are parallels with Neil Lennon in that we're only putting up fights for these guys because they are quote Celtic legends when really this shouldn't be informing anyone's decisions on it. When Scott Brown gives away that penalty which is utterly madness there was no no reason to it there was no rhyme to it Celtic but see as soon as we'll get on to the goal but as soon as Hibs scored that I thought we're not going to win this game there was still about 40 odd minutes left of the game and Celtic were only a goal down but because Celtic are like this and my problem with the Scott Brown thing is as soon as he done it I was like what's he thinking but how many times have we said that already this season about Scott Brown about other players it's always desperation Callum McGregor giving away a penalty against Aberdeen 
we gave away one against Kilmarnock because Celtic are all over the place. They're never in shape. They're always the wrong side. We spoke about it yesterday on the reaction, Stephen. We've given away so many penalties this season. We always seem to be chasing players in on the wrong side. And then when we give away the penalty, our keeper makes the mistake, makes the save. And our two players, Beaton and Frimpong, are standing there with their hands on their hips, watching their keeper save it while a guy runs past them and puts it past the goalkeeper. Now, Neil Lennon can go on about laziness and unprofessionalism. That goal is on the players there. That is completely unacceptable for Scott Brown to go out and do that and for Jeremy Frimpong and Neil Beaton to be standing there with their hands on their so basic. hips, watching a guy run past them and put it in the back of the net. Now, I'm not saying Celtic were playing well in that game and we're going to go on and win that game, but for Scott Brown to do that, for then their goalkeeper to get Celtic out of jail, and then for the two defenders to be standing there watching as somebody puts it in the back of the net, as unacceptable as Celtic have been under Neil Lennon, that's unacceptable from the players as well. It's it's another phrase, schoolboy stuff gets flung about, but that is literally, like, and a lot of the way Celtic lose goals is literally schoolboy stuff, and... Jeremy Frimpong was culpable for that he was culpable for the second goal where again him and Christie I think it was Christie back off a guy and let him win the header that's just mental communication for me but again it's it's bad positioning because what we're doing is we have left Frimpong to try and win Frimpong is four foot three or something five foot something approx yeah Right, okay, well, joking aside, Frimpong is the shortest player and Hibs have targeted yeah. him. So they're like, we're just going to launch balls on his head. We do nothing to negate that, right? But, so Frimpong doesn't even challenge for the header, which I can't understand. At least try and get your body in the way, put him off, don't be a wee shite bag about it. Ryan Christie takes a step back, presumably anticipating Frimpong winning the header or something, I don't know. And then the runner isn't chased by near Bitton. But that communication, that moment between Christie and Frimpong, where they both stood off each other, Watch the guy win a header unchallenged and then shrugged at each other like something that a fucking Scooby do. You know, like they just shrugged at each other as if where's he going? It's, uh, it was it was utterly embarrassing. And I keep we keep referencing these flop managers, and this is the problem. Neil Lennon's heavy in this territory now. That's like Tony Mowbray stuff. You're looking at that going, What is going on? The the, the big problem I have with it isn't the fact that Frimpong didn't challenge for the ball because see if he did challenge that guy probably still wins the header it's as you said Jamie we're not doing anything to negate this it's the same as the the Motherwell goal this was just a flighted ball in from the right back position right on on top of our defence Motherwell was from the left back position right on top of our defence and they get a goal from it my problem is their main striker their only striker has got space that near Beaton has just left him he's got a shooting opportunity every single time how many times do we need to say it this season all you need to do to play against Celtic is to sit in and just let them pass it about you. And then when you get the ball, launch it between the right centre half and the right back and you get a goal. And Neil Lennon has done absolutely nothing about it. Even when it's not an open play, when it's dead ball situations, we're still getting caught out by it. Celtic have got a more defensive, taller right back there who could come in for Frimpong. Who would have won that header? Yeah, I mean, Tony <laughs> Ralston is decent at that sort of thing. Isn't no, it'd <laughs> <laughs> be a better option than uh, Frimpong. Do you know what? Do you know what? See, to be honest with you, right? All joking aside, I don't imagine how much worse a player like Tony Ralston could be. Because see if you're, see if Tony Ralston's incapable of better than putting in a better performance than Frimpong at the moment. No, seeing he's a better player, but maybe players, you know, the form dips and goes. If if Tony Ralston is getting paid by Celtic, but he's unable even on, for a couple of weeks to fill in at right back and put in better performances from what we've seen from Frimpong. 
then he might as well not be a professional footballer. But again, on Frimpong, it's getting to the point where it's like it's no longer Neil Lennon's fault, it's the board's. It's no longer Frimpong's fault because the manager keeps picking him and is obviously telling him these instructions. While he's got, I know we joked about Ralston, but he's miles out of the picture. He's got a good right back in El Hamid there. But then they'll look at it and say, well, if he's flinging Frimpong under this bus here by continually doing this, look at the centre-halves beside him. Beaton hasn't looked good. Duffy hasn't looked yeah. good. Julian's not looked good. It's just so symptomatic of everything that's wrong with Celtic. I was looking at it today. This was the first time we had played the same lineup for two games in a row. One we won 4 1. This one we were 2 0 down and scraped a two each. There's no consistency even when we do play the same team. I know there was an international break, but for my reckoning, only three players that started that game played during the week in international duty. So that excuse is gone for Neil Lennon. And I'm yeah. looking at the team, as I said. Eight attacking players and we didn't create anything. Frimpong's on there to create. He's not doing that. Laxalt on the other side scored a goal. But I can't remember one cross, one cutback, one bit where he got to the byline and created anything. And I, I don't think it's Laxalt's fault because nobody's playing well. We have started 22 different players this season. Tried two different formation. We've had tried two keepers. How many defensive parents? How many midfield parents? How many different parents up front? And none of it's working. That is not individual players' faults. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day Sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Neil Lennon, he said that he was pissed off midweek um, because Ryan Christie played the three games um, and he felt he should have been rested for one, but didn't stop Neil Lennon playing Ryan Christie for the full 90 minutes against against Hibs. Um, and what we've got here with Ryan Christie is, we, we heard last season, he said, you know, the manager tells me to shoot at every opportunity. Um, and I think it resulted in somewhat, so 11 league goals or something for Ryan Christie last season. It was fairly fruitful at times. But this season... It's one, I don't think it's working for Ryan Christie. And two, I think it's definitely not working for Albina Yeti because what's happening with Ryan Christie, he's getting in these areas of the pitch and he's taking shots that have, that, that a stat would say had low XG, right? The low, low, low opportunity shots. Minus XG. Of, minus XG if such a thing existed. And there was a couple of opportunities in the game where he's running in, Albina Yeti's making space for himself and Ryan Christie's taking on the shot. The result of that is Albina Yeti's getting no service at all. A, a guy that likes to be in and about the box is getting absolutely no service because as soon as we get a sniff, as soon as we get a sniff, Ryan Christie's shooting. I think Ryan Christie had something like 11 shots on goal, but the XG them all was 0 0.01, 0 0.03, all extremely, extremely low XG chances. Almost no chance of them going in the back of the net and it gave Marciano an opportunity to look like a superstar because he sees the ball coming in at medium pace from about 20 yards and gets to pull off one for the cameras. But I think this is 20. another... Uh, hey, right, this is another one. Yeah, another 40. Area of the, 40 yards. This is another area of the pitch Neil Lennon needs to look at and go, this isn't working for me. These This instruction of shoot on sight, shoot all the time, isn't working for Ryan Christie and it's not getting the best out of a Yeti. And a Yeti must be raging. Yep. Because you're, you're looking at this going, I'm making space for myself and you're taking on a shot that's never likely to go in the back of the net. Can we not just increase the probability of scoring a goal here? Is that is that is that too much to ask, Melly? Uh, I think it is for Ryan Christie. Like, he scored for Scotland, he played well for Scotland, but he's taking it too far. And What we've seen from Ayeti when he first came in is all it takes is one opportunity and he'll sniff it out. We're not creating mm. anything for him. We didn't create one chance for him because we get into that final third we don't know what we're doing. Ryan Christie's taking pot shots on. As you say, their keeper was making all these saves. Look, and they're talking about him after the game. David Tanner saying he's brilliant. The start of the game, Celtic hit a couple of crosses in. He flapped at them and dropped them. So what would I do if I was a manager? Then I said, keep putting them right on top of him. He'll drop something and we'll get a rebound. We didn't get any crosses after that. Nothing. Nothing. Right, Ryan Christie, I think by and large has been a good performer for Celtic this season. He's, he's an incredibly useful player and he brings a lot to the team. Yeah. But I can't get on board with this bizarre... You just wouldn't get this anywhere else. And I know, I feel like I'm being really harsh on the team and Neil Lennon when I say that it's like, it's very, very basic stuff. It's no exaggeration to say that if you had a guy who was repeatedly shooting from 40 yards or shooting from the corner of the box with players in front of him, if that was a more structured team, he'd be getting pulled up for it. But the manager would be yeah. furious if somebody was yeah. shooting for that those angles and those distances. And it's no exaggeration to say that if you did it for a Pep Guardiola team, you'd be subbed off and probably dropped for the next game. And I know that's an extreme example, but I, I merely highlight it to say that this is not an approach worth pursuing. And, that, and there's really? a reason that big that big successful teams don't do this and they try and work, as you say, Jamie, a, a higher percentage opportunity of scoring. From a, a Yeti's point of view, I know I lean very heavily on the sort of humorous comparisons to playing fives, but that's another one. Let's see if yeah. we've all I, played I did with think them. of that myself and I didn't want to steal <laughs> it off you because that's very much becoming your forte, yeah. the fives comparison. We've all played with them. Guys, like you're making a run and then somebody shoots for their own half. You're like, oh, mate. That's a total Aye. waste of a run there, and they're just <laughs> shooting constantly. And that I feel like that's the position a Yeti's in now, where he's 
what is he supposed to do? Is he is he hovering about, hoping that it breaks off back off the keeper? Because I, mean, I know Ayeti is good at that, appearing in the right place at the right time, but there's only so so often you can make runs and make space for yourself, and the guy just shoots before you're going to become very very frustrated because Ayeti can bust onto the scene well with several goals, but he hasn't scored for ages now because we're not creating for anything for him. We're not creating a single chance for the guy. There was one that he leathered over the bar in the first half and, and that was it. So we've brought this guy in who, to all intents and purposes, seems like a penalty box finisher and creating zero chances for him. Shoots before we get to the penalty box. Yeah, exactly. It's a very bizarre tactic and to think that that's coming, well, it quite literally is coming from the management and the coaching. Just shoot is so beyond like basic... I'm trying to avoid using the word dinosaur here, right? Because I know it gets people's backs up, but that's what it is. It's like, he's not Matt Letizia and hold on, I check my notes here. It stopped being 1996 ages ago. So it's, it's why are we playing like this? It's, it, it's absolutely crazy. Here's what we're dealing with here, right? Ryan Christie's shot conversion rate. I'm going to read out some players and you tell me where you think Ryan Christie's is, right? Ryan Christie's shot conversion rate. So James Tavernier scores 35% of his shots. Lewis Ferguson's shot conversion rate is 40%. Albina Yeti's shot conversion rate for Celtic is 71%. Now, 71% is the highest in the SPFL. Um, yeah. Joe Rebo's sitting at 44% shot conversion rate. Callum McGregor's is at 20 Where do you think Ryan Christie's shot conversion rate <laughs> is? 17. If Callum McGregor's 20, 17 I'll, on go, yeah, I'll go 158 10% Ryan Christie's shot conversion rate is 10% it's by far and away the lowest the lowest in the league um, and it's just it, 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 and he's scored what three goals this season it's just not it, that's another thing that needs revisiting and I don't need mean it re- revisiting all the time what I mean is see if we're playing with a Yeti maybe try and play a Yeti in and let him a, a much better finisher take the shot on rather than you take it for, for miles out do you know what uh, Ryan Christie's starting to remind me of a wee bit here Chris Coleman's marked too. I think mm, Neil Lennon's yeah. trying to get Ryan Christie to play like his Chris Commons, and it's all very um, haphazard. There's, it's all very ha- like you said, Stephen. Uh, we don't expect Neil Lennon to be Pep Guardiola, but I think we're maybe beyond it. Just take hundreds and hundreds of shots on and see how many go in. Type thing, you know. I think we we really need to move beyond that. It looks is this a reaction to the Rangers game in which we had no shots on target? So yeah, you think the, just the answer think. to that? The tonic to that is just shoot all the time now. But we get we get absolute pelters for not having a shot in the Rangers game. So how to remedy that is have 40 shots a game from every single time the ball is in front of you. Be it from 40 yards, be it from a crowd of players at the edge of the box. Just just try it. You don't shoot, you don't score, etc. It's, it's getting to the point where I'm coming up with all sorts of wild theories. Is it just at the point now where Neil Lennon's going, see if we have plenty of shots, I can go out after the game and say, look, we had 14 shots, but we didn't take our chances. But as you say, these shots are just pot shots. They're yeah. low probability. They're not going to go in. It, it's so bad. It, we're, we're going on about a Yeti not getting chances. But look at the strikers we've started this year. Klamala, Edward, Griffiths hasn't started yet, but El Yanusi started up front. Uh, Christie started up front. None of them are in goal-scoring form. None of them consistently no. score goals. None of them get chances. We just t- we took off a Yeti during the uh, during the game there. Brought on Edward. It made absolutely no difference until we no. got a free shot from eighteen yards. So, in all these things we've spoken about in this podcast, has resulted in yet yet more drop points for Celtic. And I think it, you know there's been talk a point game, Jamie. I'll stop you there. It was a point game. Well, it, it was bravely showing character at the end. Well, do you know what? It was a point game because we looked down and out. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean True. it doesn't that doesn't mean it's a a a, a positive because it was a, abysmal. It was absolutely abysmal or acceptable. Or way, acceptable, yeah. Like like a lot of times this season, Hibs didn't even play well. No. Hibs didn't even have to play well to score two goals against Celtic. Oh. That is that is galling. And, and I think it's time to have a wee look at the state of the season because for a couple of weeks now we've all been talking about how things aren't good and how it's it's not been great and people have been batting back. Well, you know we've pulled back for this point before or we're X points off last season and this season was different and that. And I think the fact of the matter is this season we've actually got a real title challenge in our hands. Rangers are in terrific form. I remember not so long ago I tweeted from the twenty minute Tim's account that um you know, Rain or maybe it was a my own personal account, I can't remember, but I put out a tweet. I think it was twenty minute times. I put out a tweet saying, you know, we need to pay attention to Rangers form. This is this is title winning form they're in. This is virgin, not a kicking the balls off our invincible season, the form they're in. Yeah. And we were still getting tweets at that point going, Oh, what are you afraid of and all this? Carry on, oh, is that use Rangers cheerleaders and all that now? Aye. It's time skin safe go, etc. It's just time to wake it up. It's time to wake up for this. Um and when you're looking at Celtic trying to win the league, you need to look at what they're up against. So so here's the state of the season, right? Celtic are 30 points for 13 games, which is four points worse off than last season, right? But that doesn't tell the whole story because Rangers are three points better off. So after about a dozen games, you're looking at a seven-point swing between Celtic and Rangers. Mm. We've scored six fewer goals and conceded six more by the same point. Rangers have kept 17 clean sheets in all competitions this season. We've only kept nine um, if, if you're looking at things like shots on goal we faced 113 shots on goal 43 more than Rangers we've taken 232 shots in the opposition goal Rangers have taken 285 but as I've said to you a lot of them are for Ryan Christie and we've, nowhere, we've, not, we've not scored 212 of those are Ryan Christie I take it we're not scoring anywhere near as go, many goals as Rangers I think it's fair to say the manager doesn't know his best 11. Melly, you said that was the first game there. We've played the same 11 twice in a row. He doesn't know his best 11. Doesn't know his best formation. Doesn't know if it's three at the back or four at the back. Doesn't know his best defensive setup. Doesn't know his best goalkeeper. Doesn't know his best striker. There's areas of the pitch here, many areas of the pitch that he doesn't know who is the best. We've suffered two really humiliating defeats in Europe that are one in a season one every couple of years we've, we've suffered two to Ferenc Varos and another one to Sparta and we've got for the second season in a row for the second season in a row when we had Cluj and Copenhagen we've got Sparta coming up that we've not even bothered to talk about but that's a dead rubber already we're more or less out of Europe already and that could be another humiliation the players that Neil Lennon does consistently pick the McGregors the Browns up until recently Elianusi woefully underperforming really really underperforming these players are regressing I don't think there's any doubt about that I'm going to ask you as a very straightforward question. How critical a moment is this? This Monday as we record this podcast, how critical a moment is this in our season? It's the most critical. The most critical. It should have been done after the Sparta-Prague game because, as I said, I can't see New Lennon being at Celtic next season. So what's the point in keeping them? Since then, we've won one game. We came back from an international break and we dropped points straight away. Straight away. Any sort of challenge we get, as I've already said this season, seven fairly big games, we haven't won any of them. Not one have we won so it's not going to get any better with Neil Lennon we've got easy games coming up in the league now he might go and win them all but see as soon as a challenge comes we won't win the game we simply won't Celtic have got two games in hand and three games against Rangers we won't beat Rangers once never mind three times with this current management in charge and it's horrible to say that but it's true there is no way this is just going to get fixed now because it's been happening all season Stephen, you made a great point on the on the reaction podcast. We do, if you don't know by now, we do reaction podcasts 
for every game, full coverage of every game over on patreon.com slash 20 minute times. You made a great point in the reaction podcast where you said, you know, if you're expecting a Rangers collapse, right? So even beating Rangers three times isn't enough, right? That's not that's not enough no. for us at the moment. But it's Snickers. Yeah. If you're expecting a, a Rangers collapse, good on you. There's no signs pointing to the fact that Celtic would even be able to capitalise on that. No, no, Celtic aren't good enough to do anything about that, even if Rangers started randomly dropping points, which I see no basis for whatsoever. I don't see any evidence for this idea that Rangers are going to collapse at all. Celtic aren't good enough to capitalise on it, and we've seen that over the course of a number of performances now. Well, I could be totally wrong, and Rangers could collapse, and Celtic could just go streaking over the horizon and just blow them out of the water. But that was that's based in nothing. That's just in total blind faith. How critical is this? It is, it is the most critical. I, I agree with Melly because in something he said there about the going into a series of very winnable games, why this is critical is that it should be a new manager that takes on those new games and time to time to bed in and, and have a look. Two at weeks the to the next league game. Yeah, if you give Neil Lennon those games. What does it prove, right? Because yes, we'll go out and smash Ross County. We'll go out and smash St Johnston probably. But as you say, Melly, as soon as we come up against a, a, any kind of test, we're going to fail it, and then we're going to be back to square one, thinking we should have done this three weeks ago because it's now too late. It's now it's now too late to do anything about it. I don't know what it's going to take now for Celtic and Neil Lennon to get the fans back on side. That, that is something that came up earlier on as well. I don't know what it could possibly take. Is it going to be beating Rangers? Maybe, right? We could go and beat Rangers. But I just feel like we're in this oddly unique phase now with when it comes to Celtic managers because I don't think we've had a point in the last several years where we've thought we need to change and we need to change it now. Under Ronnie Dyla, I think we all broadly agreed that he wasn't the right guy for the job, but there was no urgency about it. He, got, he lost against Rangers or drew and then went out on penalties to Rangers and we thought, right, that's that's the end of it. But that was towards the end of the season and we we're going to win the we're league, so the league. it's okay. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to be champions. We'll just let that play out and he's definitely gone. I, I can't really remember being in the middle of a season, apart from Tony Mowbray, where we thought we, we have to correct this course now. We have to do something about it. And it has then. to be now because, and yeah, and and all of the it's all the evidence. It's the it's not just the results, although the results are poor as well. It's everything we've been talking about about the players, about how the the players seem to have just completely they're having down tools. Let me let me be very clear about that. I'm not no, saying they've down that. tools, no. but I, but I think they're too far gone with this management to to turn it around. None of the players are getting any better. In fact, they're getting significantly worse. Look at Ryan Christie, the way he's playing, everything we've talked about. Look at the way Frimpong's playing. Look at the way Neil Beaton's playing, Scott Brown, Callum McGregor. All, every single player in the squad is regressing at an alarming rate. That can't be fixed. That The culture can't be fixed in the space of a, a few weeks. Hoping that we string a couple of results together enough to get us to the Rangers game and we'll, we'll get pumped to Ibrox. And I hate saying that. absolutely hate saying that. But I, th- I think Rangers will absolutely drill this team it's, the way they're playing just now. I get I get the feeling like everything's been tried. If any of if, yeah. if the corner was going to yeah. be turned with all the formational changes, all the changes in selection, everything else that's been happening, if the corner was going to get turned, we would have turned it already. We would have turned mm, it already. Yeah. And, and what we're doing here is we're we're backpedaling. Um, well, how many false dawns have we seen? We've seen at the Aberdeen game where we beat them in the semi final, and they think right, we can go on a run. The next game we go out and get smashed by Sparta Prague, a reserve You're Sparta right. Prague team. There's been more Again, false Motherwell dawns game. than an office lookalike convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. And 
you know what? We have had too many false dawns. And this is why we don't need another one. This is why we have to act now. Yes. Because we need a, a new another day, false dawn. A new dawn. Is, yeah, a, a, new, a new dawn is useless to us. If we go out and put five past Ross County and it convinces everybody that everything's fine, that's useless to us. In fact, it's, it's worse than useless. It's a negative now because it won't even the idea me. that everything's going to be fine after good and drilling a team like that, it proves nothing. So we have to act now. And it, it's it's crap. It's a poor situation to be in. But the thing is, I'm kind of fed up framing everything in the context of the, the 10, right? Because I think that's also slightly hysterical. I know it's very important to us all, but it, to me, it's kind of mad, like basing your decisions on on this this mythical trophy, right? And it, it's going to be very important, but I don't feel like, like sensible, sober decisions are going to be made based on this. We just, you need to make a decision that's going to be beneficial to the club long term. Yeah. And that is not staggering to the finish line hoping to just drag one more trophy out of it because various reasons including O'Neill Lennon started the 10 so he get he deserves to get the chance to finish it Scott Brown has been there the whole time so he deserves he deserves to play that doesn't make any sense that's not how football should be run so my my strong feelings are that it, it should happen now before we get another chance to make more excuses yeah and, that's, and, and, that, that's and, what's coming and the final word on this for me is, and see when we do make the change, Stephen, and you've said it, it, it needs to be a, that a process needs to be fo- followed. It needs to be a sensible and quality appointment. None of this Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane, oh. Gordon Strachan, none of that. That that is the that is the last last thing we want. Um, any final thoughts from you, Melly? As I've said, there's easy games coming up. We can't let that paper over the cracks. But the only sort of not argument, but the only sort of reasoning behind MD saying, look, we have to keep Neil Lennon is because they don't trust the board to bring in somebody better. And that's what it is. If if Neil Lennon is sacked, which I don't think he will be, he should be, I'm fully expecting to be raging at the next appointment, whether it be Strachan, Keenan O'Neill to the end of the season. Like, what is going on here? Why is there no process? Again, we've got a manager in place because we've appointed them in the shower and we binned all the CVs. It's it comes it's not just at management level and on the pitch this club is rotten. It's rotten from the top to the bottom. We need a complete overhaul, but we can't do that right now. So right now we need to change the management. Peter Lovell is currently frantically sellotaping all the CVs back together. <laughs> they they tore up. Hold them up to the light. Company, they, uh, they end up back to the future, just sellotaping them all back together so you can read them. He's, and hopefully there's one there that says M Silver on the front of it. And he goes, oh, maybe I'll dig this. Oh. I'll, dig, I'll dig this one right out of the bin. Um, yeah, a lot of chickens coming home to roost for Celtic right now. As usual, obviously we want the Celtic manager to turn that around. Obviously we want yeah. to win the league. Yeah. Just this podcast doesn't see it. They, uh, us three, us three don't see it, and we feel like we've been down this road before with a couple other Celtic managers. I feel it's beyond that. I feel it's worse than I've ever, I've ever. It's uh, because Rangers are in the league this time. It's because, like you said, Stephen, with the, the Ronnie Dyla thing, there was no urgency, there was no threat. But now, the, yeah. now, now there is a threat, and it would be an absolute travesty for Celtic to lose this league to that Rangers team. That that Rangers team pulled together by a rookie manager over a couple of years, and instead of us going from strength to strength, we've weakened and weakened and weakened to a point where a challenger can just come in and potentially take the league office. But look, it's not over yet. Nope. There is, there's a lot. There's, we still have, in my opinion, the best players, the best squad, the best facilities. We've got money in the bank. There's a January transfer window coming up. There's some players that we could sell to get some money in and there's, there's room and space for adjustment. We don't have a league game for two weeks. All the pieces are there for a new manager to succeed. 
That's how I feel about it. That that all been done today. All is all is not lost, but there's all the pieces are there for a new manager to succeed. And on that bombshell, we shall end with some brevity. Uh, as as regular listeners might know, we reward people for leaving us lovely five star reviews on iTunes or Podcast Addict. You can do that. Uh, all you need to do is go on, leave a five star review on Podcast Addict or iTunes. And most importantly, Stephen, what must they do? Oh, they absolutely must include either their Twitter name or some way in which we can contact them. Because just to give you an example here, there is the most recent one in on uh, Apple Podcast is entitled Giza Badge. And he has not included <laughs> any way we can contact him. So I'm afraid that that demand, I respect that, demanding a badge, I respect that. I would have yeah. given you one. Were I able to contact you, but I sadly cannot. So you must leave some contact details. You must leave your, your Twitter address. And this week's winner, Stephen, is... Well, it's James Harnett, at James Harnett. And that's crucial. He has Good. included his name here. Super, and it is super entitled, Democracy Manifest Approved. The perfect <laughs> accompaniment... The perfect oh, accompaniment brilliant. to a succulent Chinese meal. These lads know their judo well. That is so congratulations, honestly, James. That is pet. That is beautiful. What a handsome looking review <laughs> that is. Thank you very much to James Harnett for leaving us a review. As I said, if you want to leave us a review, we will reward you with a glorious. 20 Minute Tim's gold badge. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who tunes into the podcast, who leaves us reviews. If you don't win, who tweets us and shares this podcast and retweets it and gets in contact with us, we appreciate each and every single one of you, especially those people who support us on Patreon. Um, if you like what we do on this Monday podcast and you would like to hear more from us, if you would like to support fan media as we, the, the drum we keep banging, you can check out over patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Yes, I would. Goodbye, folks. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? I would. It was a tough one tonight. I've got that sort of sickly feeling at the bottom of my stomach after talking about a Celtic manager like that, but I'm afraid it had to be done. Goodbye to the listeners and to the manager. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.